from the great, the great Pelican State. A Creative's Response by Joel Sharpton. I can almost hear my mama pray. Oh, Lord, forgive us when we're down another sacred Sunday in the sun. Sundays are sacred. In my father's house were many rules. If it were not so, it might have been more fun. One of those rules was that Sundays were sacred. I don't believe he created that rule. My father has a certain anachronistic manner of speech, but even for him, thou shalt honor thy Sabbath and keep it holy is a little too Old Testament. So he didn't make that rule, but he darn sure enforced it. Sunday mornings meant these fingers crossed paprika burgers. Big day today. Jamie gets his exam results. I hope he's done okay. He's worked so hard. So I'm making my paprika burgers for when he gets home. They were lucky last time. I add red onion and paprika to the mince. Then I top with jalapenos. Well? Make your own burgers with our Tesco finest Aberdeen Angus beef. Food love stories. Brought to you by Tesco. Sunday school and worship and preaching. And roughly every fifth Sunday or so, it also meant a potluck and an afternoon singing. Sigh. Sunday afternoons were for, seasonally, football or baseball, briefly, on television, followed by another trip to church for evening services. My next-door neighbors growing up had fairly strict parents, and I always thought as a child that I got the far better deal there. But every Sunday night, I was jealous as their Presbyterian family stayed home and enjoyed the wonderful world of Disney. And my Free Will Baptist family trudged back to honor thy Sabbath and whatnot. Now I'm nearly 35 years old, and I make my own house rules. Here are a couple of big ones. Daddy controls the remote. Nobody eats the last of the sausage but Daddy. And lastly, but certainly not least, if the bathroom door is shut, leave the person behind it alone. That one's still a work in progress. But Sundays are still sacred at my place. All six of us get up... Uh, get all dolled up in our Sunday best, or at least whatever the nicest clean thing we have is, and attend our local Methodist house of worship. Sunday school, praise and worship, and preaching from, I'd like to point out, both a senior and associate female pastor. My dad does not love that. Sunday afternoons are sacred too. They're for big lunches and family movies and tickle fests with four of the cutest kids you'll ever meet. They're also for me to prepare for another week of work. In January of this year, I became a small business owner, an independent vocal artist, an audio editor, audiobook narrator, and general 'er ne'er-do-well about town. Sunday afternoons, I polish and schedule blog posts. I check and recheck my my weeks. I I check and recheck my weeks' task lists, prepare and email invoices. And then, after getting the kiddos to bed, spend some time with my lovely wife watching whatever high-concept drama HBO blesses us with this quarter. Sundays are sacred in the Sharpton house. 
So a couple of Sundays ago, when Kelly and I had our worship service interrupted with news of dead police officers in Baton Rouge, and our afternoon spent piecing together news reports and statements to figure out how many dead, how many wounded, who did the deed, and for God's sake, why? It was, pardon the phrase, a shitty Sunday, all over this blessed bayou-covered boot. Of course, this violence didn't spring from nowhere, as violence only ever has in creation stories. This violence came in response and salute to the recent shootings in Dallas. And those came in response to violence from state-sanctioned actors, but violence nonetheless. Where does police brutality come from? The violence that they're exposed to, most likely. But I'll admit I have more theater education than political science or sociology, so I'll stop suggesting my thoughts on the origin of violence. But I will point out that my theater education gives me darn good standing to opine on the result of violence. I have roughly four million examples that come to mind from the story of Cain and Abel all the way to the story of Ramsey Bolton on Game of Thrones. Semi-spoiler alert here, it ain't good. This guy said it pretty well, though. I feel that killing is a very tragic way to deal with any social problem. There is no violent solution to the problem. Another time he said it this way, returning violence for violence multiplies violence adding deeper darkness to a night already devoid of stars. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Martin Luther King Jr. Again, math was not my focus of uh, study at Louisiana Tech, but I'm fairly certain that multiplication makes much more of something. So I'm going to endeavor to not multiply the violence. So we return to my sacred Sunday. How did I respond to the shooting in Baton Rouge? Well, I cried, and I held my children, and I commiserated with my wife about what's wrong with this country and how if everyone would just listen to me and her for a weekend, we could get it all straightened out. Then I prayed, and I went to making. I made a video, and I shared it with a group of my podcasting buddies detailing how I've launched a Patreon campaign for my show and what our donation levels are and why. I wrote some blog posts. I checked that to-do list. I made sure I was ready to attack the week. I called Mark Gwynn about this evening of art that we were planning and said, how can we do something with our art buddies? And thank God Mark Gwynn is a man always up for doing something. We brought you some young voices tonight that are full of questions, beautiful, unique voices that are around us every day, but we far too often tune out because they don't sound like our own. I was a Bernie Sanders supporter in this election cycle. God help me. I suppose I am now a Hillary Clinton supporter. I believe in gun control and gay marriage and a woman's right to choose, and my theology leans towards universalism, and my daddy hates almost all of that. But I love my dad and the millions of good people like him that I disagree with, those folks that the TV and my Twitter feed tell me I'm at war with right now. 
the ones who are going to drive us off a cliff because they're all racists and xenophobes and misogynistic cavemen. Except my dad, right? So, just as I know that what my father thinks when he hears Black Lives Matter is not what I, or anyone who believes that statement to be true, means when we say it, I also know that all those who would vote for his Trumpness aren't actually the big bad monsters waiting to take us all back to the dark ages. But the fear is real. The angst is real. The anger is real, especially when it is fomented by so many for their own personal gain. All of those bullets were real. The names of the dead are real. So are the tears of their families. So, how to square the circle? Geometry wasn't my strong suit either, but I did always like the logic stuff and writing out the proofs. Time and experience has written the proof for me that my bloviating Facebook post isn't going to change the world or the mind of anyone who reads it. My silly little podcast and this simple little talk won't stop the injustices perpetuated on our citizens tonight or tomorrow or ever, not on their own. But by making instead of destroying, by building and binding, as Dr. King said, we weaken the forces of chaos and entropy that would tear us apart and turn us against one another. I don't know how to fix policing in this country, how to lessen the burden we ask of them, which is far too much, how to strengthen their ties and connections to the communities they serve and protect. I don't know how to ease the mind of a young black mother sending her teenage son to the movies or a party or a sleepover knowing the names and the faces of so many like him that never came back home. I don't know how to make my dad like same-sex marriage or lady preachers or my ballot choices. But I do know how to make him hate me. How to turn that mother from a worrier into a radical, how to raise the hair triggers of more decent officers across this country and set this whole damned social experiment on fire once and for all. It's simple, really. We all just stop making. Whether you're making money or making stories or making babies, as I have so adequately proved I'm capable of, Always be making, always be making. When we make, not only do we take our voices out of the stream of destruction, but we provide distraction and inspiration and solidarity to everyone else trying to break out of the fast lane full of violence. I am Joel Utah Sharpton, which is a silly white boy name. I make podcasts and I write and I have a metaphorical song to sing in my time on this earth. You can thank me all later that I decided against a literal song to sing. But we all have that metaphorical song to sing. Some of us just don't think anyone wants to listen. If this were a TED Talk, this would be the part where I'm supposed to get to the takeaway. The nugget that you can steal and tell your friends as if it were your own original thought. Don't worry. 
I've got one, and I'm not even mad if you claim it later. This comes from one of the seminal pieces of modern theater, in my opinion, and really encapsulates my point tonight in a vernacular that anyone can understand and appreciate, not just those of us that would show up to an arts evening on a random summer Wednesday. Here it is. If you can't be an athlete, be an athletic supporter. <laughs> that's, that's Principal McGee from the movie Grease making an announcement over the loudspeaker in school. Now, maybe you're not ready to sing your song, but you showed up tonight. You downloaded this podcast, and you're playing the role of artistic supporter oh so well. So, I'll keep making. Find those makers in your life and support the hell out of them. The other path has got plenty of help already. You got busted without a dime But your name, you took a bus ride With your mindset to fame They had a tough time Remembering your name Well, we don't No, we don't You missed a big chance To be a Hollywood star But for most folks That never was in the cards Well, you sailed And you failed Well, at least you got to do it while you were young Before you get old and you lose your nerve So here's to you From the great Pelican State It's never too late To come back home What Makes Me Weird is a proud member of the Two Guys and a Rogue Network. You can find more info and a full list of our episodes at blogtalkradio slash makesmeweird. You can also email the show to makesmeweird at gmail.com and follow us on Facebook or Twitter by searching Makes Me Weird. Our theme song is From the Great Pelican State by Adam Dale. Two Guys and a Rogue. I'm one guy. I'm the other. And this is the network. Dinner Lady Margaret spent her 25-year career laughing and joking with the schoolchildren. Then she received a call out of the blue about her pension from what she thought was a reputable firm. But it was a scammer, and her lifetime savings were stolen. Yeah, drives like a dream. I'll take it. Don't let a scammer enjoy your retirement. Check who you're dealing with. Visit ScamSmart from the Financial Conduct Authority. Welcome on board, ladies and gentlemen. Could the passenger in carriage five please unplug your extension lead and stop charging your phone, electric toothbrush, handheld hoover and power drill on the table. Thank you. Like getting your money's worth? Enjoy the delicious mayo chicken. Just 99p from the McDonald's saver menu. <laughs> Served after 10.30am, except in selected restaurants which will serve this from 11am. Price and participation may vary.